Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Anna... I am so sorry, my brain just blanked on your name, would you? <laughs> it's Anne Louise Bannon, and you can feel free to just call me Anne, but yeah, I go by all three when I've got my byline. <laughs> <laughs> We are here with Anne Louise Bannon, here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Anne, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths and talk a little bit about your books? Oh, I would love to. Thank you so much, Leanne. And really, thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. Um, as far as your soups, Snoops and Sleuths, oh yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> anyway, I'm Anne Louise Bannon. I am the author of three series. Um, and uh, a couple other short stories and everything. Uh, but my primary series is the uh, old Los Angeles series. It's cozy-ish, shall we say, in that uh, I do have an amateur sleuth, but then everybody's an amateur sleuth in the 1870s and it's set in Los Angeles when it was just this tiny little Pueblo and features Maddie Wilcox, a uh, woman doctor and winemaker in the Pueblo at the time. And uh, that's my primary series, but I also have the Freddie and Kathy uh, 1920 series, and that is more pure cozy, even though it does take place in the big city of New York, but it's also historical, and that's set in the 1920s, featuring Freddie Little and Kathy Briscoe, who, Freddie's an author and a millionaire, and Kathy's his editor and eventual wife, so that's a fun series, but uh, my one that really is kind of on the, it's very cozy, it's maybe not what you'd expect, is a cozy spy novel or spy series, which is the Operation Quickline series. It's either that or it's a romance, but a bunch of romances with uh, espionage intrusions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that features Sid Hackburn and Lisa Witcherly. A, a, when we first meet them, in book one, that old cloak and dagger routine, Sid is, okay, he sleeps around a lot, but he was, you know, raised to believe in free love and all that, and he does, and he practices <laughs> it, but he's juxtaposed and up against a young woman, Lisa Witcherly, who is religious and doesn't believe, you know, believes that sex belongs in marriage, but isn't judgmental about it, and Sid isn't sleazy about it, so, you, you know, you it sounds like they'd be really unattractive people, but they're really kind of nice. <laughs> really actually do get on like a house of fire. Oh, surprise, surprise, fall in love. So <laughs> the most recent book is My Sweet Lisa. That's the one that came out earlier this spring. And I, because of the way I do these, I present them as serials on my blog, a chapter a week. And so a little family business, the last chapter goes up on Friday and next week we'll announce the actual book. So that's coming out real soon. And, oh, uh, that is awesome. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And then I'll just go right into book uh, nine in the series. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. Just because you're paranoid. <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, it's, it's been a fun series. I've been living with that one in Galley since the early 1980s when I originally wrote it and then rewrote and rewrote and rewrote and finally released it uh, on my blog and starting in 2016. So I've been hanging with these folks a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Three series. And 
that is such a cool way to release books. Uh, have you ever thought of doing the Kindle Vela system? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm, I do have some serious rewrites to do on it, but I have a fantasy. The problem with my, me and Kindle Vela is because I've been doing this so long, most of the books that would be appropriate for it have already been released uh, on my blog. And they're kind of not very nice about it. Of course, it's yeah. in, so they're not very nice. Not <laughs> <laughs> <Stop> there, <laughs> but um, they uh, uh, no, they they uh, I, I can't uh, essentially. I wish I could. It would be great. I've got uh, I've got a romance called White House Rhapsody that I'm in the process of building, and it's it's one. Of, it's great for blogs and serials because the damn thing doesn't end. <laughs> <laughs> no end whatsoever as so i'm like mm, all right but no it won't work because i already blogged it out so i do have a fantasy but it needs i have two fantasies but one of which is in such horrible shape i don't know when i'm ever going to get around to rewriting it and the other is in pretty good shape but it's anything but cozy it's it's pretty bloody and and there's some really interesting sex going on in there including a rape scene and a groups and a uh uh witnessed con consummation and a few other things and it's uh yeah it's it's definitely not pg so yeah. i i kind of you know i'm glad i wrote it because it was me trying to stretch myself and uh that but i think i'm gonna have to soften it it's just it's a bit much <laughs> yeah <laughs> So on that note, is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? <laughs> Most of it is, actually. Uh, well, except maybe the rape and the witness consummation. <laughs> that wasn't inspired by real life. But uh, uh, um, actually, and, and, and the most fun is the the Operation Quickline. Uh, well, the old Los Angeles series was inspired by real life because my husband is an archivist who is the official archivist for the city of Los Angeles. So he has a lot of these old materials and it actually sprang out of a talk he was doing on the Zanja system, Zanja is Spanish for ditch. And what they used to do, and this is in the Mexican era and cleared, went through the American era all the way up to the early 19 teens. And they dug a ditch off of the Horseteuncula, or what we now know as the Los Angeles River, which, by the way, nobody except somebody in Southern California would call a river, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> and they dug this ditch off of it, and it was the Zanja Madre, or Mother Ditch. And then you basically have your smaller ditches to your farm or your vineyard uh, running off of, uh, off of this thing. And you would uh, pay your subscription for your water, go in. My husband's talking about this in great detail and is doing it beautifully and expressively because my husband's good that way. And he's talking about, you know, you know how they, you know, the Zanheros men had come out and they'd open the Zanha and the water had come rushing in. I write murder mysteries. What am I thinking? <laughs> Time for the <laughs> he was not happy so that was part of my real life that inspired that series um on the other hand the operation quickline series no i'm not a spy there's major significant differences between lisa witcherly and me and my husband i was never married to a man who ran around but 
um, there, it, it is in some ways closer to being autobiographical than just about anything <laughs> I've ever written. There are a lot about my values that are reflected in Lisa. I am, have been religious. I am not judgmental, um, or I hope I'm not. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, there are things that happened to me in the 80s that somehow crop up into this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And there are things, Michael, my husband, uh, who, by the way, is my upgrade. I was married before and then upgraded. So husband 2.3. Uh, he, uh, he, he will every now and then read something in the, in the quick light series and go, oh, gee, Ann, did that really happen? I'm like, mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we as writers can't help but put a little bit of ourselves into our characters. Uh, not can't help. We have to. <laughs> True. We must. That is, I, I, you know, no, I agree with you. We can't help it. And, and, and I want to, but I, I'll take that statement and raise you one. <laughs> that one is, <laughs> it's an absolute necessity. If I yeah. don't have some sense of who the bad guy is, why that bad guy is operating, stuff like that, I, no, I, I don't have, in fact, when I did the second one in um, Death of the City Marshal, which by the way is uh, the Maddie Wilcox series, The Old Los Angeles, is based on a real event in LA history. And when I did that one, I had this great scene where I had the bad guy with a knife to Maddie's throat. And it occurred to me, why doesn't he kill her? It doesn't make sense. He would, and when, you know, she's my main character. I can't have him do that. <laughs> <laughs> series over and it's only the second book no that's not gonna work <laughs> but <laughs> i had to figure out why he wouldn't want to kill her when he's got her in the perfect position to how is she going to get out of this without him doing that and it occurred to me he doesn't want to kill her and that became the tagline for the book i have finally found a place for I, to call home, I will not let you take that away from me. <laughs> As in, he's warning her not to continue investigating, but, and it's a good dramatic moment. But yeah, <laughs> that made sense. All of a sudden, I know who, what's driving this guy. And it was a guy, sorry. <laughs> that much of a spoiler you're getting. Uh, and I know what's driving him. So that's, uh, that's where, you know, I have to know who, who the bad guy is. I have to know have a little bit of me in there wanting home wanting to feel like I belong you know absolutely in my case I made my main character a major old movie buff like I am ah <laughs> to the point him. where <laughs> to the point where she can quote or reference an old movie in any conversation oh how far back <laughs> do you go silence um I haven't gone silence yet, but let's see. Book two, she's trying on her, she's trying on wedding dresses, trying to figure out what she's gonna wear when she gets married. They pick out a ball gown for her, which if you get to know Sabia, she is not the ball gown type. We are talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I constantly describe her fashion sense as boho Western. So <laughs> that's her. But she comes out in this ball gown and she's like, I feel like I should be riding in a magic floating bubble. In this <laughs> oh, Cinderella. No, 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 Wizard no, of no, no, no. Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Of the Good Witch. 
<laughs> yes, Glenda. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. Oh, okay, I'm. It's on the read. This is on the to be read list immediately. Just, <laughs> and in book, and in book three, which uh, Snoops and Sleuths, it's available for pre-order called Yay. Curses and Vows. Um, she meets her fiance's great grandmother, and she is not the nicest person. <laughs> to the point where Sabia goes like, or. No, it's one of her friends who says, too bad we didn't have some water to throw on her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a good movie. (laughs) And actually not a bad adaptation from the book. I hated it at first. When I first read the book, I'd seen the movie, of course. Mm Then read the book and went on. No, wait, you need this. What? Where, where, where's the China people? Where? What, what, why isn't this in the movie? <laughs> yes. And once I realized how that had to be different, especially the black and white to the uh, color, I realized that was actually not a bad adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> but also, um, there's a ton of other references throughout the series. There's one where, of course, Bridger, her fiance, does the typical cozy mystery you can't keep getting involved in these things. (laughs) And she looks at him and goes like, are you saying this is becoming a very bad habit? And kind of imitates Cary Grant a little bit from Arsenic and Old Lace. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, he's still got his serious face on and she's like, me no funny? (laughs) Oh no. okay not funny <laughs> I, tried. I really tried yeah yeah I, I I do have Maddie's family getting mad at her on a rather routine basis but they're not her family they're her partner's former work co-workers or former uh, employees but they become a uh, family and I there's a scene in Death of the City Marshal where Maddie's been they found out that Maddie has gotten her butt into trouble once again. Somebody wanted to kill her. <laughs> and again, this is in old Los Angeles. The women are Mexican and in, of her household. And uh, her, her, but the, the, the cook and the housekeeper are married to her two partners. And then of course there's her personal maid and they come home and they find out. And next thing you know, they are yammering at her <laughs> in two different <laughs> languages, <laughs> yelling at her because she cannot stay out of trouble. And then, why do you keep doing this? And somebody making somebody want to kill you. <laughs> and my husband read it and just fell over laughing because it was <laughs> it was like, I know women like this. <laughs> you know, we know our church mamas, you know. <laughs> So that was, yeah, it, yeah, it's a fun thing. Now, Sid and Lisa, it's, it's their job to get involved. So can't help they, it. <laughs> they, they can't. They can't help it. They're they're not going to be. They might be finding themselves to get invest occasionally investigating something like uh, in deceptive appearances, which is book three. There are currently, let's see, family business is book eight. There are currently eight of them. There will be 15 when we're done, but it starts with that old cloak and dagger routine. Stop leak is the second. Deceptive appearances. Fugue in a minor key where Sid's son shows up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Sad Lisa, these hallowed halls, My Sweet Lisa, uh, 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 which is the current one, and the one that's currently blogging is a little family business. So we're progressing through the relationship, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And, or, well, maybe not. But uh, and deceptive appearances, they stumble, you know, the, the murder happens, but they stumble onto drugs instead. Yeah. And so, but they're, what they're looking for is an enemy transponder. So that's, <laughs> how do we, uh, so that, that, you know, it's their job. Um, I am working on a series of short stories based on the series because the series takes place in the 1980s when I originally wrote it. Sid couldn't happen now. It's just too darn dangerous. Yeah. And in fact, in My Sweet Lisa, they come up with the fact, you know, that's when AIDS was getting into the straight population and yeah, they're coming up on that. Mm. And so, yeah, that becomes a plot point in My Sweet Lisa uh, and remains a plot point until they uh, eventually get married, but which is not a spoiler. You know, that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, uh, she's, um, oh, come on, Breen. It, it, you know, but she's trying to, uh, it, what were we talking about? <laughs> 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 I get excited and I start thinking about, you know, it's like, and then next thing I know, this train, the train of thought has jumped the tracks. <laughs> oh. Do I understand that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it, it, it's been a fun series and it's one of the things I love about it. But it, yeah, it's their job to investigate things. Oh, I was talking about the second generation stories. That's what it was. <laughs> so obviously there are, there are kids involved in the series. When we first meet the kids in Cloak and Dagger routine, there's five of Lisa's nieces and nephews, her older sister's children. And uh, they become an integral part of the story. Well, I got to the point where I wanted to do some short episodes. Um, the kids, I wanted to do them in the present time and the kids have grown up at this point. This series takes place in the eighties. The kids have grown up, they're adults now. Uh, Nick's 48, that's uh, Sid's son. Um, so I started what's called the second generation stories and they're short episodes because I really don't want Sid and Lisa in them. I don't mind if they're occasionally referenced. Uh, and I just, I had one come out in a you know, short story anthology called Jacked, which is not cozy at all either. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, the series, it's based on just so cozy and I'm in this and how the hell did that happen? And <laughs> Okay, I may have dropped a F bomb or two or three or four. <laughs> yeah, I always think it's kind of funny. I have uh, one of my colleagues here in Los Angeles. Um, Rice is incredibly lurid, intense, sexy thrillers and, the, you know, like mean, icky stuff. And she's a nice soccer mom. <laughs> <laughs> I write a Victorian lady and a nice girl who won't swear not you know and a victorian lady who doesn't even acknowledge sex exists and in my real life um i use language like a stevedore <laughs> i i'm really working at not doing that now 
<laughs> so I always find that kind of amusing. Oh, you never know what your authors are really like until you interview them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, oh, and I better warn you, Lisa, there's a, a good chunk of it is Sid's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, as Lisa frequently noticed, his language will peel paint off the walls. <laughs> and so it's his voice. So guess what? <laughs> there yeah. may be a few F-bombs in that one, okay? Just, it's it. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. Oh, that had to be the hardest thing about um, writing Bridgers, Sabia's Beyonce. He's former mm. army. Oh, yeah. And- <laughs> And yeah, figuring out how to stick to the cozy rules. <laughs> Someone's so cursed. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> well, the funny thing with the Quickline series is Sid's voice is part of it all the way through. He appears in the first few books in brackets, you know, a commentary dash SEH, which are his initials. And so every now and then Sid cursed or Sid said shavings, or Sid says this, I did not say that, S-E-H. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it, 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 it's, it's throughout, um, and he gets a longer uh, bit of narrative in uh, that old cloak and dagger routine because, which is the first one, but that Lisa's upstairs when her brother-in-law comes into the house where she's babysitting her nieces and nephews and meet Sid for the first time. And the scene starts with Lisa's picking up the toys that her two-year-old twins nephews have left behind all over the family room. And including, you know, uh, it, it just goes, and then one of the t- twins upstairs starts screaming, crud, crud, <laughs> hands Sid a beat up doll and one of those plastic purple donuts. And you know what those are if you've got kids. <laughs> And goes tearing upstairs. Well, a second later, still sits going, huh? <laughs> what is this? And Neil walks in, <laughs> her brother-in-law. And uh, hi, oh, you must be Lisa's boss. <laughs> uh, yeah, you must be her brother-in-law. I'm, I'm Sid. Nice to meet you. And she goes, huh? Oh, damn, there's a beat up. There's a purple plastic donut in my hand. What do I do? <laughs> And one thing is, Sid doesn't necessarily know what a purple plastic donut is and the significance of that at all, <laughs> because he doesn't have kids or doesn't know he has a kid. Let me put it that way. <laughs> and, you know, has never been around infants and, you know, given his life sale, no, but then it's like, all of a sudden he is, <laughs> and, which is a lot of fun to play with. Yeah, sounds like it would be. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that one because it's also the first time Sid has celebrated Christmas in his life. He was raised oh. by an aunt. His aunt was a communist. That's why he really is in free love. They were he was raised by a bunch of beat beatniks and what would later be called hippies and communists <laughs> in San Francisco. And the early if you know in the from you know 1952 till you know 1969 when of course he was drafted but so you know I had to come up with a background for him that made it plausible that he would be sleeping around without him being sleazy yeah because Lisa would never go for sleazy no one would go for sleazy 
on the on the other hand uh you know i had to make lisa give her a background where you know she could be religious without being snarky and well she does get a little both of them get a little snarky about the other's values and cloak and dagger routine but that was part of the that's part of the conflict they're learning how to accept each other and they're both thinking well i'm being wonderfully accepting and oops no they're not <laughs> <laughs> so and that was kind of fun and, and they fight they fight a lot and you know, there, there's always a, one or two good fights in a in, in each of the novels it, I, just because they're in love doesn't mean they don't fight but they don't have conflict that's one of the things i've always uh, stressed with that particular one of the things that interested me about going past them being married and falling in love so yeah i mean falling in love and then getting married excuse me <laughs> <laughs> well, who says it couldn't work the other way around but <laughs> uh well you know that would have been more like i don't know middle ages renaissance uh, yeah <laughs> i'm a historian <laughs> Not by, I, I am a historian by vo, a, a vocation. I am not by vocation. My husband's the professional. I just uh, like history a lot. <laughs> uh, I tend to be a mythology nerd, I call oh. myself. Oh, God. I love mythology. So I, I made my characters all sorts of different mythological creatures. Uh, main character is a Native American elf does exist in two different tribes that i know of <laughs> oh wow that sounds like fun <laughs> you um, know, i think now this is the same series right yes okay yeah i, I think I, I remember seeing you posting about something like that on one of our bulletin boards yeah <laughs> oh great that I, yeah that's definitely one i'm going to be looking at <laughs> <laughs> the first one in the series is sparks of suspicion okay and that one's that one was a lot of fun. Um, then it goes into stock show stock show stalker, uh, curses and vows, and I'm currently working on the fourth one. Which oh, that one's going to be interesting because it takes place about around a hot air balloon race, and the pilot is found stabbed in the hot air balloon basket. Ooh. yeah, there's a lot door for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that that is quite the twist on the locked door. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, midair. How? <laughs> oh, that had oh, I can think of it a couple of ways. <laughs> no, not going to. That's your story. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any advice for those who want to write their own mysteries or just write in general? Um. Yeah. Well, writing in general, lots, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, you know, and, I, and the standard, I was looking at that question thinking, yeah, you know, the standard answer to that thing is read, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thinking, yeah, let's go on. Be, you're not going to start writing if you're not reading. So, and you're really not going to be writing cozies if you're not reading cozies. So um, that, yeah, big deal. Tell me something I don't already know. Uh, <laughs> so, but get to know your characters. Really get to know these people to the point where you know who they are. It's like, you know that Bridger was in the army. You know what that means in terms of his language, in terms of uh, how he's going to react to uh, Sibia uh, doing things that she probably shouldn't. 
or butting her nose in where she probably should. <laughs> um, I know Sid and Lisa like I know the back of my hand. I, I know how Sid is going to react to X, Y, or Z. I even know I've got their lives plotted out um, to the point where, you know, I can write about their kids as adults. This is how deeply entwined I got with these characters. Maddie Wilcox in much the same way. I know who her siblings are. I know, you know, and I explained how she got to be in Los Angeles, but at the same time, I know what that meant for her and how she feels about it, which is not uh, a, a lot of uh, happy-go-lucky, sweet feelings. She hates LA. But it's her home, and it's going to be interesting when I finally get to book five, six, uh, how that's going to work out, you know. So it hasn't been written yet, but we're there. <laughs> we're working <laughs> I'm working on book five. Book four just came out, Death of an Heiress. Book five is coming out, and there's Death of an Heiress right there. And uh, book five... Um, I'm not sure when it's coming. Well, I know when I want to put it out, but I'm in the process of writing it now, so. <laughs> yeah, though sometimes you want to leave room for your characters to surprise you. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> book, book three, Bridger kind of surprised me with a mystery tattoo that I didn't know he had throughout the whole other two books, oh, where it God. turns out that he was, he actually had Sabia's tattoo on him before he met her. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, I had, I have, uh, I hate it when that happens to me. I'm not, I, you know, it's, <laughs> that's what I meant is, and then you realize, do I have to go back and fix something now? Dang, and they do. <laughs> Damn them, they're always surprising me. Yes. Now, why did you do that? Oh, shoot, that really works. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And the uh, whole story behind his mystery tattoo is, just kind of turns into this really sweet almost it looks like they were fated to come together oh, and marry kind of thing because it turns out the tattoo artist was a seer and could see into the future and tattooed him with the name of the woman that he saw him getting together with before he went into the army so oh, that's <laughs> sweet I love that so it's just kind of like I mean even Sabia didn't know about this tattoo until you know honeymoon yeah <laughs> and well, it's like and she's like so why do you have your name on or my name on your your back and <laughs> on your backside <laughs> <laughs> well back you know, oh, okay. <laughs> it was going to be on his stomach but uh well, my editor changed that <laughs> oh well you know I, and you know but there was a, a when i was doing a little family business um, there were some things I discovered about Sid, uh, namely that he has a scar in his left cheek. <laughs> and given the way the guy runs around, <laughs> was running around at the time, you know, it, uh, you know, there are all sorts of comments about it. And I have a really great joke in a little family business when her, or Lisa's father, who, by the way, up until my sweet Lisa has some real issues with Sid, not because of, not just because of the fooling around, but mostly because he's afraid Sid will break her heart. And uh, he, uh, 
you know, he finds out that it exists. He hasn't seen it yet, but it exists. And literally says, I did. Damn, someone beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> by this point, he and Sid are, I mean, you know, he still worries about Sid. He's not, they're not, they're in the process of getting, let's put it this way. Daddy's in the process of getting used to Sid. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like he's in the process, of, still in the process of getting used to Neil me and Neil have been married for years. So, yeah. Over 10 years, and he's still getting used to the fact that he has a son-in-law, you know? <laughs> Which is a fun comment on Lisa's father, so. Oh, man, I hate to cut this short. Zoom is cutting being me Zoom. off on time, and it's being Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm wow. having so much fun with you. I want to keep this going, but ah. <laughs> hey, look, anytime you've got an open spot, let me know. I'll come and chat. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you may not have ears left later, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I love talking uh, about cozies and I love talking about my writing, um, especially Sid and Lisa. I mean, these people are, I've been living with them since the 1980s. <laughs> they take up a lot of real estate up here. Maddie oh. takes up an awful lot of real estate up here. Oh, so, I know. <laughs> I know. How the hell did that happen? Uh, Freddie and Kathy every now and then go, wait, come on. You haven't written about us in years. Come on. <laughs> we want some time. <laughs> hey, at least you don't have a detective in your brain that is in what I call his permanent corner of shame. Oh, no. <laughs> I, one of my first mysteries I ever wrote, the detective did something really stupid asking the killer, hey, do you know who killed this person? <laughs> yeah that was about uh, 15 years ago when i wrote that and he's been in the corner of shame ever since well you know there may be a reason <laughs> to take him out yeah. no, no you have to point out that he's being stupid that he <laughs> is in fact being stupid yeah no i have a uh a, a again not cozy but uh a standalone called rage issues and at the end of it my character does something really stupid <laughs> uh you know it's it's like the you know too stupid to live routine and they get away with it no they can be stupid <laughs> yeah uh especially if it's the first time they've investigated you know there are all sorts yeah. of things you can do with that um well, you never know. I mean, you yeah, know, never know. He finds his place, and it's a lot. And he is allowed to stay in his corner of shame, <laughs> wearing the cone of shame. No, yes. <laughs> you don't want him licking himself. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> she said, "Being crass." Anyway. Oh, well, I am quickly running out of Zoom time, so I'm going to have to end the meet. In, in the interview here. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, anytime you want to chat, uh, thank you for having me. Really, I appreciate <laughs> it. It's always fun to get out and talk about what I love and hearing what you love and, and getting yeah. to know people. It's really good. Um, so thank you. And um, we'll see each other soon. And hey, feel free. If somebody doesn't show or isn't, give me a call. I'm easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hell, I'm even cheap sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> My husband would disagree with that. <laughs> hey. Oh. Well, right. Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great chat here on the Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons for their con 
contributions in keeping the show commercial free and growing. And I'd like to thank my coffee clutch for their help as well. If you'd like to be like one of my patrons and have your name mentioned on the air, join me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash the cozy sleuth. And if you want to check out Cozy Mysteries read by live actors, check out the Cozy Mystery Rats Maze, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy. Okay. Um, okay, how to stop this. <laughs> That's what editing's for. <laughs> yes. <laughs>